Mad Hatter of Email Marketing, Brianna Sexton here. This is the Cup of Copy Podcast. Welcome to my tea table where my friends and I go through the looking glass and sit down to spill on all our favorite ways to build unapologetically authentic connection in this digital wonderland because that's my cup of tea. So if you're ready for piping hot, actionable email and copy tips and snack size sales strategies you can implement before your drink gets cold, go ahead and grab your favorite cup of magic, tea, coffee, cocoa, wine, what have you, and let's get started. Welcome to another episode of the podcast. We're going to call it the podcast because I don't know where it's falling in and got some exciting changes coming up. So right now it's the Cup of Coffee podcast. Um, Later, I'll be bringing more tea on what's to come. But today I have an amazing friend of mine. She is all things story selling. She's an amazing mom, a great friend, absolutely hilarious in all the things that she does. Um, And I'm so excited to introduce her to you brain move in good morning Hi. Brittany <laughs> good morning I'm sorry it's so early your time <laughs> it's totally fine that's the whole purpose of the cup of coffee is morning <laughs> magic to start your day um so as far as stories can you tell us a little bit more about your story and how you got to the wonderful avenue that you take the medicine to your (laughs) universe. Okay, well, um, so I am a coach, consultant, strategist person. I don't really have a title, I'm working on that. But I was a copywriter. I'm I'm a copywriting survivor, but that doesn't sound good, so I say veteran. Uh, (laughs) A recovering copywriter. Yes, (laughs) it never stops. so I started, I took my first copy game in 2006, which was a minute ago. Um, I have a baby face, but I'm old. And I, I, I actually hated it because uh, I worked for an agency and they just gave me random projects. So I would do like TV ads one week and like real estate brochures the next week. Had no control over it, over the type of clients that I had. I was like, ew, this is marketing. I didn't like it. Uh, <laughs> and not that I'm bitter, but they still made 250 for my last project. <clears throat> uh, <laughs> 15 years ago. I'm not better. Um, but once a writer, always a writer. I, I, I've been a storyteller since I was a little kid. I couldn't turn it off. Um, I found my niche or what I thought was going to be my forever niche in college when I um, started working as a nonprofit administrator and, and writing grants and donor development for nonprofits. And that's where my career was for about 10 years was there and in, in the nonprofit world. I got laid off uh, in 2016, when the nonprofit I was working for lost 60% of their funding overnight. And I s- called them the next morning and said, Hey, you guys still need money. So I think you probably need to keep the marketing kid. Uh, <laughs> and that was the day my business was born. I went full-time in one day. <laughs> but as I realized, you know, of course that the fact that they could only use me part-time and all those things, I started reaching out to family and friends saying, hey, can I anything you, got, you need for your business? And it, what I realized was that in the nonprofit world, we sold things differently. We made money differently. In the for-profit world, we say, hey, you know, buy our thing 
because it's awesome. And we tell you all the products and the features and why everybody should like it. This is a random like smell goody oil thing. And that's how we sell stuff. Not by saying smell goody oil things. I don't know that that would be effective, but we sell it based on the product. And then on profit world, it's give me money because we're awesome, which doesn't work super well. So instead we tell stories. And I realized what works in the nonprofit world, having donors for 10 and 20 and 30 years that are so committed to the mission and the cause who feel a part of the team wasn't happening for a lot of the small business friends and family that I was working with at the time. So I was doing business strategy, trying to bring traditional for-profit marketing into my storytelling nonprofit brain, and it just wasn't working for me. And I could see that it wasn't working for my clients. Um, so I, I did traditional copywriting until about 2019 when I realized that I was spending most of my copy time with clients, actually schooling them and trying to help them tell their stories. So in 2020, as the world turned upside down for everyone, I lost five um, recurring revenue clients, but I was actually kind of glad because um, it gave me the space to lean into this sharing story selling mode that I'd really been feeling called to for a while. And so that's how I got here. In the last year and a half, I've been kind of perfecting the process and realizing that the things that I tell people do kind of repeat and that the process that we walk through is all kind of the same. Um, and it's very intuitive for me at this point, but I'm still seeing that when people come to me with story selling questions, they always ask strategy questions, but that's not where it starts. It never starts with a strategy. It never starts with the, you know, how do I throw this up on a sales page? How do I throw this up in an email marketing? You know, how do I get the conversions? And the deal is it always starts with you. It always starts with the story itself. The story will tell you how it wants to be told. You know, how it needs to be shared, what the story is, who it's for, and the way that they need to hear it will determine the strategy. And this happens every single time, every single time. And it even has deeper effects. So once you are super connected to your story and understand the anchor story means in everything that can shift in your business, the anchor story is what does not change. The anchor story is the gifts and the skills and the talents and the flaws and the experiences that you bring to the table in your business. And there are things that you are going to do very easily because of your anchor story. There are things that are going to be very difficult to, for you because of your anchor story. Our instinct as humans is to say, oh, I need to fix me. When in reality, I think we just need to fix the business. If trust is something that's a non-negotiable for you, that means the people that you're going to serve the best are those who are going to need trust. So it's not going to be, Brianna, fix yourself. Trust easier, Brianna. It's going to be, you know what? Trust is something that's a non-negotiable for you. So we need to set up your business so that you have access to trust and your people have access to trust at every single level from beginning to end. That's your story. Love this it. is their story and that will determine the strategy. Cool. So there were, there was so much magic in all of that. <laughs> nugget, 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 nugget. Yes. I was thinking, cause I did um, something similar. I, I did brand copywriting when I started in 2020 because that was the year of all things. Um, and I had companies and they're like, well, how do I show up authentically? How do I tell my story? And I'm like, 
Well, you can't do it by saying, here's the sale that I have every single week. Um, so just like the parallels in our stories, I'm just, I'm so excited that we met and we gravitated into the same circle. Cause yes. <laughs> Yay, thank you. Um, and I did see this. I used to work in a nonprofit for like uh, 10 plus years, most of my young adult and young adult life um, on both sides of teen. And I could see like all of our marketing was just stories, stories <laughs> of people coming in. Um, I got to tell my story at a donor event in front of 450 people, which I was told was only 200. Oh, I love when that happens. Oh my goodness. It's, oh my goodness. The coolest story I have about that, it's like a similar event, is a, it was a chamber of commerce event and I was there for an animal rescue that I was associate director of. And- uh, Did you say animal? Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't That's... hear animal. <laughs> oh. <laughs> we can edit that part out i can say it again um is that too loud nope you're good background is too loud okay nope animal <laughs> rescue i will Got it. i will start that over you're so good. <laughs> yeah no i leave those to their own devices thank you oh my goodness it's all right i just need to clean my ears out you were you were <laughs> doing an animal rescue okay you can't hear that I hear it a little bit but I hear you more okay cool I've got the mic like right here right here so it's supposed to filter out background noise you're good okay if at any point we need to stop you just tell me and then we'll just wait it out because they've got to do the hallway and then the room and I don't have a door in this office it's all good as much as I want to come as you are to the table so I'll start over (laughs) i hope you do your own editing if not i need to apologize to your podcast manager you're good we'll throw an e for entertainment up there (laughs) always okay so the closest like cool story that i have to that is i had to do a chamber of commerce event and i was there representing an animal rescue um that (laughs) i was the community development or community director for And I just told a really cool story about this dog that we had found um, in a flood and she had moved all of her babies to higher ground, but she was chained. Um, And so she was like in like water up to her chest and she had moved like as high as she could on the chain and actually like put her arm, like her arm, her front leg through the chain. So she had this massive like scar uh, where she had been found with like her collar, like her front leg through her collar, trying to get free of the chain. She had saved her babies. Um, and everyone wanted to adopt the babies. No one wanted to adopt the mom because she was heartworm positive. She needed all this medical attention because of the deep, you know, gash through her chest and the, the wall of her chest and no one would take her. No one would, would pay for her medical. And the company I was working for at the time had a no, no moms left behind program where even if the mom was heartworm positive, even if the mom had medical issues, if we took the puppies, we took the mom too. And when I told that story, I didn't ask for money. I walked away with $10,000 in checks for her care and medical upkeep. And that was one of the like many, many direct correlations to a story equaling money. 
And I wanted to give my for-profit clients access to this. And I, so I started looking at, you know, what's common between nonprofits, um, the, the stories that I tell that make really good money, either, you know, from individual donors or from funding organizations. And again, the first was always that the story needs to determine the strategy. That story being told to, to funders, it needed to be told in certain kind of venues. There would be some places that that story wouldn't hit quite as well. Um, you know, I, I told that story, I could tell that story with visuals. I knew I needed pictures of her. I needed videos of Hope playing, even though she had this, you know, kind of misshapen chest and all that. Um, the story determined the strategy. The people listening to the story determined the strategy. But then I also, um, like when we used her, Hope is, was her name. Um, when we used Hope's story online, we would say things like, you know, you can help pay for Hope surgery. You can pay for Hope surgery. You can get Hope the medical care that she needs. It wasn't about us. It wasn't about give money to the rescue so that we can help Hope. It's you helping Hope. It's connecting the person with the money, the person making the investment to the result of the investment. And that can be done. It's super easy to do in nonprofit because you say you're doing the thing. You're giving somebody new teeth. You're giving someone access to healthcare. But in the for-profit world, we always talk about ourselves. We don't talk about the person making the investment. We don't tie them directly to their results in the same way that we do in nonprofits. And I'm guilty of this too. I get this mindset of, well, the client hires me so that I can help them do X, Y, Z. But that's not the way the client needs to think about it. It's not the way I need to think about it. I am directly connecting you to the authenticity, the freedom, the visibility that you find in your story. I'm just the vehicle. I'm just the person in the passenger seat. You're driving. It's your results. It's your investment. And you, the more connected the person is between their investment and their result, the more connected they're going to be throughout the process. It's so much easier to work with clients who are deeply invested in their own results. It's so much easier to sell to clients who are deeply invested in their own results. And this is across the board for me in the creative copy industry, all the way to the, a lot of the people that I help who are like financed and linear thinkers and, and they're doing, you know, helping people with their budgets or their bookkeeping or their accounting. It's across the board. People want to be agents of change in their own lives. And it's our responsibility to give them that right of self-determination, give them that freedom, give them the ability to affect their own lives positively. The way that I happen to do that is through giving them their stories. That's awesome. Yeah, it's right. The right of self-determination. And we've talked about this. Yeah. <laughs> like that's, that's, that's part of my story. Like that's, that's the thing that I am very vehemently, however that's pronounced, I can spell it. That's all that yes. <laughs> Writers, we can't, people who read growing up, we can't pronounce a thing, but we can spell it beautifully. I have an entire classic collection. You want the English spelling or the American spelling? Yes. Yes. You want the U without the U? I got you. Either way. Um, fervently. Yeah, it's fervently. so powerful. It's so powerful. When people realize that they are agents of their own change, then nothing is impossible. Yeah. And that's what, it, like, if I'm handing out permission slips, like at the top level of my business, that's it. You don't have to be fixed to be effective everything that's beautiful and magical and special about you exists right now. And it's because with my own journey, that's what I had to realize. I, I felt like with my business, if I hustled long enough, 
then there would be a white horse Brittany that didn't have ADHD that would write in to save me with like linear thinking and, and, you know, to-do lists and, and charts and graphs and, you know, it's never going to happen ever. If I am a billionaire, it's going to happen between these years. If I wind up homeless under a bridge, it's going to happen between these years. Right. And realizing that I don't have to be fixed to have massive impact, massive positive impact on the world to, to give women help and, and to be there for people and, and to see, be part of amazing transformations. That was so freeing to me. Like the things that I've gone through, even the decisions that I regret and the stuff that has hurt me deeply, it's all going to be a positive part of someone else's story because it makes me uniquely qualified to serve someone that someone else who hasn't had those experiences or those flaws or those mess ups can't serve authentically. And realizing that and owning that was the key to unlocking everything for me. It's the key to me sitting here and sitting here happy. Magic. I just wanted to sit in that for half a second. Oh, absolute magic. Um, but it is, it's super freeing. And I like, I was listening to you and I was thinking I was, cause I have in my mind, this story that's like held back. And I've been told by other copywriters, including you, including another guest that I'm trying to get on here, um, that there's like this magical little bandersnatch that I have locked away. And all I have to do is unlock the door and take out the thorn in his foot. And it's just going to be like a brand new wonderland um, for all the analogies that are one. I got 15 minutes. Okay, so let's do it. How, how would you walk someone through an anchor story as far as unlocking it? I feel like there's, I don't want to say three steps because it's not always, it's, it's always pretty linear, like this, 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 but it's almost like phases. And a story will sit in each phase until it's ready, until you're ready. And I know this 100% to be true, not only from the client work that I've done, but from my own work, there are stories that I'm telling now about like my divorce from my ex-husband that I wasn't able to tell six months ago. So, and, and in the future, I'll probably be able to, you know, sell a program with those stories right now. I'm not. So here's the three phases that I see. The first is exploration. It's like dropping the anchor, right? So it's going deep into those emotions, feelings, the things that are running below decks, that you may not realize may be affecting how you're showing up, what you do easily, what you balk at doing or hesitate. Because for me, what people don't do is often even more telling than what they do. So what causes you to pause in your business? What do you know to be true? What do you feel? What beliefs do you have? What things are shaping you? And where do those things come from? Why does it matter to you what you've chosen as a career path? Why are you so vehement or fervent about the things that you're vehement or fervent about? what things feel icky to you and why. It's that exploration. It's, it's dropping the anchor, going deep. At some point, you're going to make contact. You're going to make contact with some things. There's going to be an emotional ground, I guess, some emotional sands that you hit that really give you some insight into 
why you do things the way you do them, where you feel comfortable, where you don't feel comfortable. The key in this part, the exploration part is no judgment, no self-judgment. There's again, there's no fixing. There's no fixing. You don't get to, to say, well, okay, here's my problem. Here's what's broken about me. Now I have to fix it. No, you, you do not ever get permission for me to just sit in the sand. You have to like our responsibility as service providers is to take the things that are broken or the things that we've hit, like that, that emotional goal that we've hit and immediately start to serve with it. Because if you're dealing with this, if you've struggled with this, if this has been your story, that means it's uniquely qualifying you to serve someone who is out there right now looking. And that's where we move into the connection piece, the connection phase. This is how do we take these stories when the, when the anchor hits sand and it digs into something, how does the person in our world, how are they getting stuck on the same thing? Where have their anchors hit? And what does this tell you about them? How do your stories uniquely qualify you to serve someone? The connection phase is where you prove it. Because social proof is more than just slapping testimonials on a sales page. Social proof is being able to tell stories that say, I see you, I got you, and I can help you without ever saying the words by just sharing stories that deeply resonate with the person that is waiting for you to help them. Letting them know that you are out there and understanding that it's a deep, deep disservice to not let them know that. And if we're all committed to service and service-led, we don't, we can't wait. Explore as long as you need to explore. But once you've hit the thing, it's time to move to helping the person that has a similar story below decks for them. The last phase is story selling. So this is taking these connection pieces. And when a story is in the connection phase, and some of our stories stay exploration stories, some stories are not meant to be shared or they're not safe for us to share. I always say share from your scars, not from your open wounds. The center, and I got that from Shannon Korn, by the way. <laughs> share from your scars, not from your open wounds. And there's a whole lot of like nuggets that that can help you with that. But basically, if I can serve from it, if I can give to someone through the story, then it's ready to move to connection. If it's the kind of story that I can only share and someone else feel heavy, then it's not meant to connect yet. Mm -hmm. I still just need to explore it. You explore it until you can serve with it. You just don't get to stop the process at any point because it feels bad. <laughs> you have to keep exploring, keep digging. The connection phase is... I'm, I'm just making a connection between us. I'm building relationship with this story. There's no like, DM me for more details. FYI, guys, we all know how social media works. Everyone knows how to slide into your DMs. You can quit saying it. Like if you're selling, tell people how to get the thing you're selling to. But you do not have to put that at the end of every single story. Because if you are shoehorning a connection story into the, which is the next phase, the story selling or selling from the story phase, it doesn't feel good. Some stories are just meant to connect. Some stories are just meant to say, I get it, boo, and I'm working through it too. By the way, those stories boost you in the algorithm because people will, de will actually like comment and, and like and engage with connection stories before they will a story selling story. Yep. Because we've all been burnt before. We have all liked a story and then gotten 47 DMs from somebody selling snake oil. So be okay with a connection story, just connecting, just building relationship, just being funny or deep or poignant or whatever. 
you still have to sell, but allow connection stories to be connection stories until they have clearly developed to where you can sell with them. Again, at some point, the story will start to tell you how it needs to be told. It will start to write the strategy behind it. It will start to say, hey, if this is something that we need, this is something that I've needed. Maybe this could be a masterclass or maybe this is going to be a Facebook live because I'm very emotional and animated about it. Maybe this is a workbook. Maybe this is a mini course. It will start to dictate the strategy for how to tell it. And that's where the strategy starts to come in. And that's where, whenever I'm working with clients, that's how we work through the strategy piece is at the end, when we've identified the story, how it connects with your audience, we say, okay, how do we tell this story in a way that benefits you as a business that gives them access to your solution? That's when the strategy starts to come in always through service. How does it need to be told? Who needs to hear it? How does it serve them? That determines how we tell it. Self, then service, then selling. We always think it starts with the practice of what we do. And then through the practice, we perfect our process. And then we try to go back and add our personality. It's not true. Your business always started with the person of you. Yeah, which means yeah. as we serve others, we serve their personhood first. That determines our practice. That informs our process. That's into my three pillars talk, which we're not getting into today, but <laughs> I'm, I, that's what I'm fervent about is honoring your personhood, honoring your client's personhood always. Love it. I'm on a mission to uncopyright the marketing world. because I love it. We have unbirthdays here and we're going to uncopyright as well and unfunnel. Ugh, black. We can use the words to determine the process, but yeah, no, the, the mindset needs to go. Yep. All right. Well, it is, that was all fantastic. Um, and I'm going to use all of those questions and then come back to you and just be like, Brittany, you're amazing. <laughs> Um, but this is my favorite part, rapid fire questions. So my first one is first and always, what is your favorite cup of love? Tea, water, wine. <gasps> We're back to the Diet Coke. I know I was doing so good. I was doing so good. It's all right. Diet Coke is, if Diet Coke is your cup of tea, it is your cup of tea. Like. I'm working on making it water again. I was, I really was doing so well. And then, um, life happened. <laughs> Three to one ratio. That's what I do with tea. Like, I'm like, okay, for every six cups of tea, I have like three cups of water. Like it works. There you go. <laughs> I probably need to invert that honestly, because this is definitely kidney poison, but. Um, Next one is, what is a book that has changed your business and or life? I, my every year, every January book is finished by John Acuff because it was written for my perfectionist, my procrastinating perfectionist brain. Cause I don't have the type of brain that um, is, is a productive perfectionist. I have just have the kind that throws hurdles in my way. I made 42 voice nuggets and just like, or voice notes to myself of gold nuggets in like the first half of the book. 
I kept stopping the audiobook to like to record to myself, be like, oh, this is gold, this is gold, this is gold. Um, so that's I recommend that to everyone. And the more recent one is The Lazy Genius by Kendra. Don't remember her last name, but The Lazy Genius is again written for my brain. Make it easy, make everything easy for yourself is the basically the rule of both of the books, which I don't do naturally. So I have to be reminded often. Awesome. You and all the books with all the Kendras. Yeah. Me and Kendra. Yeah. Stories that stick is my, my, uh, Kendra hall. That's the other one that I recommend for, for storytelling. Oh, that one's so good. I'm halfway through it and I had to stop. And so I'm re-implementing those into my 90 days. Um, next question. What is, if today was your last day on earth, super morbid your eyes (laughs) southern expressions man um if today was your last day on earth what would be written on your epitaph or what would you want written on your tombstone wait wait I wasn't done talking oh I'm sorry no I'm being serious that's what I want written on my epitaph wait wait I wasn't done talking (laughs) I have so much more to say I'm done today. I've got a lot more stuff I had planned to say this year. Cool. Well, now you now you have that and you can go run with it. Just voice it for I'm all sorry. of it. Sorry, I should have warned you. No warning needed. Yeah, no, that was the epitaph. That was not a that was not a communication. Sorry. But yeah, wait, wait. I wasn't done talking. I want that on my tombstone. Actually, if I die at like 107, I think I want that on my tombstone. Are we going to have it with the hands out too? Yes, exactly. Both things. Yeah. Wait, wait. I wasn't good talking. Like just an etch, just a laser etching of me going. I, yeah, no, this is going in the thing. This is going in the. <laughs> I'm supposed to be life planning through my divorce for like custody and stuff. That's going in the, that's going in the little book thingy they gave me 100%. <laughs> You're younger um, than me. So check and make sure I'll be like 107. You'll be like, what, 97. So you go in there and check and make sure they did it right. Oh, I will. <laughs> be like, guys, she said this back in 2021. This is what she wanted. Recording. Yeah. Beloved mother, all that. No, mm-mm, no, uh-uh, no, wait, wait. I wasn't done talking. That's what's going up there. By then we might have like holograms and you could actually have like you up there saying it on repeat. No, wait, wait, just, I wasn't done. just press the button and I just get to say all the things. I'll just start recording myself now. We'll just have all my Facebook lives streaming to the hologram. <laughs> or it's motion censored. So anytime someone comes up within yes. five feet. Wait, wait, you have to let, hear what I still had to say. Oh my goodness. So, so good. All right. Last question. And I mean, it just is us and all the laughing. Okay. Last question. God keeps his hand over his mouth, but he leaves my eyes and eyebrows to their own devices. It's a Georgia thing. Um, really is you just can't see mine because my glasses are on um what was the last question oh what does it mean to you to be unapologetic or unapologetically authentic always acting in service but not being afraid of what people will think and people includes you 
because sometimes we are our abuser. Yep. Service first. Take care of yourself, share and service, and then sell the stuff. Which is still service. Yep. <laughs> service, it's the basis of everything. And you can be unapologetically authentic if you know that's where you're starting from. If you know that being yourself, if you are anchored in the fact, anchored, <laughs> if you are truly anchored in the fact that you are you and that is a gift to the world or to a specific portion of the world who can't be served by anyone else in the way that you can serve them, then you can show up as you in every facet of your life and your business, not worrying about what people think, not abusing yourself to be any different because your service just as yourself is absolutely needed in the marketplace. And there you have it. All right, thank you so much for coming on, Brittany. I had an absolute blast. And Me too. I absolutely just love laughing with you all the time. All the time. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. My friends, until next time, remember that unapologetic begins and ends with you. Have a great day and chat soon. Bye guys. Thanks for joining this tea table copy chat. Wasn't this fun? If you're looking for more tips and insights, I don't share it anywhere else. Go to briannasexton.com to become an inbox insider. You'll get a weekly email with VIP access to the inner workings of my brain. Be the first to get notified when new podcast episodes drop and know about other goodies that I'm releasing before anybody else. Also, if you like this episode, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. Let me know what resonated with you. Take a picture, share it on Instagram, and tag me at Brianna Sexton Copy so I can thank you and send love your way. Until our next adventure, remember, unapologetic conversations start and end with you. Chat soon.